Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> My name is Matt Morris. My name is Jared Moxley. We have a special guest named Tristan. Tristan, say hello. Hello, guys. What's up? And this is a weird time recorded. Welcome. Ooh, I, hope, little, I hope that kid. Yeah, it was just a little. Not our, not our usual. Uh, we had intro. bottles yeah, today. It's not quite cans. So. I figured I'd try and give it a little pop, but I, I was using a lighter for that one, so... Happy July 5th. The day after, and... Son of a bitch, we were, the July We were 5th. all together last night, and not a single person is feeling well today. No, I feel <laughs> horrible. Well, now I feel good, because I'm like four beers back deep into it, but uh, earlier I felt horrible. Tristan's wearing his hangover hat. Yeah, uh, his yeah, today really was neat. pretty rough. <laughs> can you can you explain the hangover hat? You gotta get it. Okay, so it's pretty much when you wake up, you turn the shower on, you you want to shower, but a you woke up late, so you don't have enough time. B you have to turn the shower back off, brush your teeth, and just throw the hat on. That's all. It's neon but, too. But it's, it's fucking highlighter hat. neon. It's, it's not a great. It's no, not no, a great. no. You got. You got <laughs> I look like I'm gonna go jog for a little while. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Come, come I wish you could see it. Here. Okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's got a hangover hat. Like people know when he's ha- when he's at work and he's having a rough day. You could sit still, but he just moved the, <laughs> the chair over a little yeah, bit. I want to stand next to you, bro. It's, yeah, you can stand too. It looks like he drew on it with the highlighter. It does. It's, a, it's, a it's high, like it's definitely highlighter green. It's. Uh, I wanted everybody to know where I was at today, you know, so yeah. they could see me from far away. Mm. Everybody, we had a really good time on the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very good time. Buddy had a party, and it's the second year in a row. No baby got hit with a uh, with oh. a with a rocket. To no the... children got hit with fireworks or kicked in the face. So this was a success for him. I feel like. Oh yeah. We have all of our fingers. Yeah, there's uh, ter- I would love to see the statistics for how everybody's doing today. I know last year one of my friend's cousins lost an eyeball. <laughs> um, just uh, just a big mortar shot up right into the eye hole and then blew up and he does not have an eye now. So, wow. and that's yeah, that's I, I I was there when it no, not at the place, but I was there when they found out about it, and they're like, oh, my God, he lost his eye. And there's pictures involved, and I was like, holy shit, Fourth of July is fucked. You had a firework go off in your head, <laughs> in your fucking face. Like, that person's lucky to be alive. That's, that's, in, that's, when you told me that, I was like, good Lord. That was the, my response to that. No, I think I said, yeah, blew up in his eye, and you were like, What? <laughs> I um I did not have a funny week, guys. No. I'm uh I'm so sorry that this podcast, which is normally fucking hilarious, right, guys? It's the most hilarious. It was voted number one on uh, uh number ones dot com. Number I saw that. I saw that. That's true. That is true. I saw that. Uh Nick'smuscles dot com. You can check it out there. Yeah. Nick'smuscles dot com, everyone. And uh I, I wanted to tell everybody, if you don't know already, I'm sure you do because most people that listen to this are Jared and I's friends, but um, this weekend, I've, I've recently talked about my dad being sick, and it took a lot out of me in order to 
say these things. And I, uh, but it, I felt like I needed to document it. And I hope that you guys cared. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, stir some feelings up. Yeah. But I, um, I do want to say that early Saturday morning, my dad passed away from, from, from cancer. And it was tough. It was very, it was very tough. Um, he declined in health so much that um, about a month ago, they told him that he was going to have two to three months to live. And then about three weeks after that, they told him that, oh, man, it's looking like you're getting down to the final week. So it's like, OK, so like a month. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they were like, uh, I, I just want you to know that your dad's your dad is showing stages of uh, he of like hours left to live. Yeah. So so the family gathered around and I want to talk to you. My dad, my dad went on hospice mm-hmm. and this isn't going to be fun f- for you, Jerry. No, this is going to be fun for you. Tristan. We're strapped in here. I just I want uh, I want to uh, tell the story and then I want to tell stories from my dad's life if you guys do not mind. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, my dad was refusing hospice for a very long time despite his very physical pain, mm-hmm. and he he my dad's a baller. Like he he didn't he was a. Very, I can't think of the word, but like he, he, he wanted to do things his own right. way. A badass. Yeah, he was a badass, and it was just it was his way. And if my mom said otherwise, otherwise, then he was like, oh, okay, yeah, then mom's way. Because my mom, my dad loved my mom so much, it was in, insane. But he was refusing hospice because he was stubborn. He's stubborn. He's like, no, because hospice means I'm dying pretty mm-hmm. soon here. And I do, I do not want hospice. My mom talked him into hospice, and it was late. It was very late into the game, and uh, so much so that hospice came. They said, hey, I think we're going to need a hospital bed for Chuck, and they delivered it. They, they're spot on. Hospice is a great – they're saints. I don't know how they do their job. They have to deal with – Dying people, Constantly. and also the families of a very, very recently deceased mm-hmm. person. So it it's a it's very difficult for I I can't imagine doing their job. They need they need more money. But uh, they brought a hospital bed in which my dad got out of his bed with a catheter and oxygen, tubes coming out of him. And he just walked to this this thing, not knowing that 14 hours later that he was going to pass. Mm-hmm. And it blew my mind that he was so he was strong enough 14 hours ago that he was walking, because I always thought like you're dying it takes like days you know you you don't know yeah. what's going everybody's different. Come to but but come to find out not everybody is different because hospice sends you a pamphlet that uh, they really want the family to read and it tells you the stages of death and and it's like 
two weeks to live, hours to live. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I read, as I was reading these stages prior to, to this, my dad showed every symptom. So they like, they know, like it's, it's a documented thing. Nobody, nobody dies differently, apparently, unless if you die suddenly. And uh, so that pamphlet really helped me out a lot. If you have a, a loved one that is on their deathbed, literally, read that pamphlet because it's going to help you so much because you'll, you'll understand the, the, the last stages. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about my dad in his final hours. And this is going to be weird, I understand, but and I'm not just doing this for um, uh, material this week. I kind of want everybody to know. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, it's it, it's uh, my dad was my one of my best friends. He wasn't even a dad at a certain point. He just became my best friend. Yeah, so it was sure. strange. So in his final hours, as I said, he stood up and he walked and he was just like, what? Where am I going? At this point, he saw my girlfriend for the first time. Um, she'd been there forever, but she but he was kind of out of it with the, uh, morphine and Dilaudid and all these drugs. She, uh, he finally saw her and said, Sarah, you going to eat some wings later? <laughs> because my dad was so sick that he was unable to eat for a very long time. And my dad's favorite thing to do was eat. Yeah. And... <laughs> and so he talked about food a whole lot towards the end there. Um, he laid down, and it seemed like it seemed like an hour into it, he was already incoherent, and he was showing signs of hours left to live, according to the hospice handbook. And I I got down probably. A hundred times on on a knee right next to my dad's bed, grabbed that dude by the hand, and I was just like, "Hey, bud, love you, man. Just want and because you right. you want him to know everything. Yeah. You don't want to, which we'll get to in a second. Oh yeah, and uh, one of the times, which are part of his last words, he finally he snapped too kind of opened his eyes a little bit and said, I love you too, Matt. Pretty clear as day. Like, not like, like, very clear. And that was the first time that we had heard him talk in hours. So, like, I, I turned around and I was like, you guys heard that, right? Like, that... Holy you heard? shit. Yeah. yeah. And it was directed at me. So I have this, like, uh, overwhelming sense of, like, Closure I got almost. through. I got yeah. He, he heard me. Yeah, and uh, loved it. His, it's it's always tough when a parent sees their child very ill. Yeah, uh, deathbed situation. And his mom, who also isn't doing the best, came from her nursing home to see him in the living room and it was a very difficult situation where she could not believe his state of health 
deteriorate, deteriorating so quickly and she got overwhelmed and it was a terrible, terrible situation mm-hmm. to be in. I was, I was wheeling her in and I turned her around and she, she just said, oh my goodness, like Chuck, like, and it, it was bad. Yeah. It was very bad. And I, I hate when parents have to see their kids like that or like have to lose a child before them because that's not the natural progression in life and it was very overwhelming because my dad's situation he it's not like he went off to war and he passed away and he before his family it's like he got sick and it was it was terrible now now I want to I want to tell you guys I want to tell you guys my dad's actual last words. We were all gathered around him and after being comatose basically for another 3 hours after telling me that he loved me, he sprung right up in his bed and he uh looked my mom in the eyes. And he said, wait, I'm not dying, right? Wow. Which fucking hurt. It hurt so bad. Because because the doctors told him two to three months, he thought that he was just kind of... On a, a lower end on a lower like, like a end valley, peaks and valleys, he was in a valley. And he thought that he was just going to like spring back up and have a couple good weeks with his family. Mm-hmm. Which we all knew because of this pamphlet that was not going to be true. And those last words are very difficult to comprehend. I, um, those, that, those last words hurt me more than most of my dad's uh, illness. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I stayed up all night with my dad, and he, and he find he passed at four thirty four in the morning on Saturday morning, and we were all surrounding him, uh, all of our all of his loved ones. Well, not all of them. My dad had a bajillion loved right. ones, but the the ones that matter, and uh, we were all there, and we all witnessed it, and we were all holding him and touching him, and. It was it was tragic. the The last stages of life, I want you to know, they um they call it the fish out of water. Mm-hmm. You the last breaths look like a fish that's like out of water. That's exactly what it looks like with their mouth and everything, and uh, very difficult to watch for the last three minutes. But um, uh, terrible, mm-hmm. terrible. So. After the passing, he stayed. He stayed in the how, my mom's house at this point. It's not even my parents' house at this point. It's my mom's place. And he was there for. He was deceased in the living room for three hours before somebody came to come and get him. And we had, uh, which was nice. I enjoyed it a lot. My sister did not enjoy it. She thought it was a little extensive. 
but I understood that it was four in the morning. Like, yeah. you, and these people are on call, but four in the morning, sometimes you don't just spring right out of bed mm-hmm. to grab a, grab a dead dude from a living room, obviously. So we had some time with my dad, and we realized um, my dad was a comedian his whole life lived on making people laugh so we uh even while his dead body was right there we we started in with the jokes and it it's it so- yeah it sounds terrible but honestly that's what he you know that's what he would have done oh you know? yeah he would have he wanted this yeah it helps with the healing so one of the first ones, it's it was me obviously. Like nobody's gonna make a joke but me because I'm a dipshit. You gotta, you're the you're the first batter up. You gotta get everyone going. Oh yeah. Going. Tears in your eye making a joke. Like I'm sure, right? Oh yeah. It was uh, no, there was tears all night. Yeah. So it was crazy. So as I previously mentioned that I'd bought my dad a uh, one hitter and a a dugout. And, and we were smoking weed together for a couple of times. And about an hour after he passed, we were all uh, sitting around him again. And I looked at him and I said, Dad, I'm going to need that weed back, man. <laughs> to, to which my, my whole family was just like, what the fuck, Matt? Are you kidding me? <laughs> got, got to do that. Uh, uh, seven in the morning. No, I'm sorry. Six in the morning. There's uh, our neighbors were walking past, and my mom was like, "I'm gonna go tell them the news." I like that. I don't see him every day. Walks out there. Uh, you see both of them kind of s- slouch when the news hit. They're just like, "Oh no, I'm sorry, Denise. That's terrible." The wife hugs, and then the husband hugs, and it's like. Man, that's a little early for my mom to be dating again. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit intimate. No, like hug. I said, a joke right now. Only you can joke right now. <laughs> no, no, we could all. You. I've got tears in my eyes right now. I can't joke. No, we could all joke right now. But then, uh, then the it's crazy because the hospice nurse has to come back and be the first on site to declare my uh, your loved one deceased. So she came like an hour and a half later. And uh, and she's like, oh yeah, he's definitely dead. I'm like, yeah, we fucking knew that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, yeah. And she walked. She walked in the door, and she 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 has to legally take vitals to make sure that she's that he is in fact passed. And she's taking vitals, and I walk over to her, and I just say, can you fix him? <laughs> <laughs> That's why Matt Morris is everybody's Velpo favorite right there. Jesus. He's the best human I know. So but I'm not sure why I'm crying now. I don't know if it's from laughter. Yeah, so so these these are the things. These are the things that and I want I want Tristan to know this is not normally how podcasts go. Normally the I, I do not talk the whole fucking time no yeah this is i've listened to your podcast i know this you guys are the funniest dudes alive it just it's a serious week and 
It's been very heartfelt, and I'm sitting over here with tears in my eyes. Well, I'm just, but I'm so happy that you got to spend the last hours with him. That's the best thing I've heard. So, wouldn't miss it. Uh, for as terrible as those final hours are, I would not miss that. For when you see when you see the stronger strongest person that you've ever known in your life, um, labored breathing mm-hmm. for hours on end. It's a uh, it's very very difficult to do, and uh, he he had an impact on everybody that he met. We the the uh, chemo plant the chemo place that we went to. I say we because I wasn't getting treatments, but I went with my dad just about every time. Yeah, every other week on a Monday or Tuesday, and. Uh, they they loved him. Everybody else, they're kind of just like, okay, sit on down. Uh, we're going to hook you up, and they just do their thing. And my dad was just my dad, so everybody just grew to love him. So we we made jokes in that place. We did some terrible, terrible shit in that place. And uh, we I actually went back there today with my mom. We we uh, got them an edibles or edible arrangement. Mm-hmm. And we brought it in and thanked them for all their help. And um, it was a very sad experience. Everybody loved my dad so much that they they had a very difficult time accepting that they'd never see him again. Yeah. And it it was it was uh, it was wild. Just one hot second. I never knew Matt's dad, but I've known Matt for a couple of years now, and. I just got to imagine he has to be the best dude ever because he raised Matt, who we all know, and is the nicest dude ever. He's friends with everybody. He gives the world's best hugs. So uh, his dad had to be an awesome dude, and this is a very heartfelt, and it's uh, just awesome. And yeah, he did. He did. He did a bunch of stuff right, but he definitely did two things right, or however I don't really three. Yeah, three. But you know, that's. Amazing! It's so. I think I think I'm gonna try and go in cr- uh, chronological order. Um, after after that, uh, the the people from the funeral home, because my could if you could imagine this, my dad was able to um, uh, coordinate his whole funeral. Mm-hmm. My dad was was the coordinator of his funeral. He went and signed the papers. He paid for it. He did this. He did that. He he's like he wrote his own obituary. Not even fucking Holy with shit. You. Yeah. <laughs> and like my and and I I thought it was weird too, but it's not weird because the level what he did while he was still alive saved my mom so much grief of like trying like I don't know if Chuck would want me to say this right. or say this or I don't know what Chuck wants for his uh, I know he said this but like blah 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 so my dad just went and did it got everything so when we went to the funeral home my mother and I we it was pretty much just like yeah well we got everything here and then we gave him the clothes that my dad's gonna be wearing in in the casket which is a fucking Blackhawk sweater of course of course yeah, and he, uh, 
And so chronologically, I'm getting out of order, but uh, the morning, the morning of my dad's passing, I took I, uh, he he had been carried out. The the guys from the funeral home came inside, looked at my dad, who's a large man. I'm I'm a big guy. We're about the same size. And he had he had deteriorated a little bit from the cancer and lack of eating and everything, but he was still not small. And uh, he was under 200 at this point, but uh, six foot three. Mm-hmm. And the the guy, yeah, big dude. The guy came in and looked at my dad, <laughs> and I was with the guy looking at my dad, and I was like, "You guys gonna need a hand?" <laughs> And he was like, no, I got another guy coming. This is a big guy. I was like, yeah, he's a big dude. So so after afterwards, I take a shower, get out. Sarah takes a shower. While Sarah's in a shower, I I go and I, just, I start, like, looking through my dad's clothes. Like, fuck it, I'm going to. And I put on a few of my dad's articles of clothing, which sounds weird, but it's really just, like, whatever mm-hmm. and i find i find this hat i'm still wearing this hat i've worn it for three days Love straight that. my dad and uh and sarah comes back downstairs and i'm wearing 100 percent my dad's clothing and she looks me in the eyes and she says wow you're coping well <laughs> so so it was a, it was a nice, nice joke. I, uh, I think that you guys think that I'm done talking about my dad. No, we're going to no, continue on. Keep going. We're going to continue on. We're about to get to the good stories. I know it. We're going to make everybody happy now. So this, that was the story of my dad's passing. And next will be the, the stories of the life. This is, I, and now I'd like to share some stories that my dad uh did during life which was i mean these are just some of them i can't i can't imagine telling my whole dad my dad's whole life story uh he's done so much shit so i want to start out by saying that tristan's stealing my beer um we have i think you have one right there right is it warm this is super good. Go snag, go snag <laughs> us catch, a couple. You Tristan. catch that one? I'll, I'll go grab some. I don't want to miss this, so I'm loving it. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm this, the show right now. <laughs> yeah, let's do oh, this. Oh, you got it live. You got the best seat in the house. So, my. I have an I have an uncle who's very cocky. He does everything the best. He owns all the best shit. Mm-hmm. He is that guy. And he's a golfer, which I'm a golfer as well. My dad was not a golfer, but my dad was very athletic. He was a strong gentleman. My, my uncle bought a new driver. He bought a new driver, and he's like, hey, Chuck. Let's go check out this drive. They own they own a lot of property. Mm-hmm. The backyard is just like f- huge. Chuck, let's check out this driver I just bought. My dad's like, oh, I don't really golf, but yeah, okay, let's, let's do it. So he gets up there first. No, I'm sorry, my uncle gets up there first. He grips it, 
and he smacks it. He hits it really well. It's it's straight. It's far. Yeah, over 250. He hits it over 250. Over 250. And he uh, he really did. He really had a nice drive. He slides the club down his hands. He looks at the head of the club and he's like, "Not bad," and hands it to my dad. And my dad and my dad. I'm standing right there. I'm probably 15 years old. And my dad tees one up and he's just like, "Oh fuck, here we go." And my dad fucking smashes it. <laughs> the last we see of this ball, it is still going up. It is, it is, it is just absolutely. Just like Happy been, Gilmore. Just oh it, yeah. It, it is. It is absolutely. It is absolutely beginner's luck. He has no idea how to golf at all, and he slides the fucking club down his hand, looks at it, and says, "Yeah, not bad." And hands it back to my uncle, who's been playing golf constantly. <laughs> and my uncle's just like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I bought this. Like, yeah, change the subject, motherfucker, because you just got outdrove by a man that has never golfed before in his fucking life." Just fucking smack the shit out of. Um, I, won't, I would like to tell you about uh, savagery from my father. Let's go savage. Savagery, uh, ruthlessness, basically, is what this is. You need, you know, from a man named Chuck Morris, like at some point there's going to be some savagery. From the time you're born, when your name, I feel like when your name is such of that, like it's going to create greatness. You know. Oh yeah, my dad was. Un- it's a man's name. My dad. Yeah, yeah, it is. My dad was unable to enroll my brother into jujitsu because he called and said that his name was Chuck Morris, and they hung up on him. They thought they were playing a. He was playing a joke on him. And then he called back. He's like, "No, motherfucker, listen to me. My name is Chuck Morris. I've got a son that wants to do jujitsu." God damn it, let me in. So, so my dad um, was my Little League coach in in Little League, obviously. So that is, uh, I, I believe it's, yeah, I think it's 10, 11, 12. Yeah. 10 to 12-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But how we did it in Hammond is we had a draft. Like, you drafted your right, own yep. team. And then after the draft, you traded, and you traded, and it was. Oh, you could do trades. That's crazy. Savage That's little cool league. For little kids. Well, That's it was crazy a very little league. Like just drafts, like players would get A grades. You'd have a training thing, and then you'd get A grades, B grades, be a draft. A training thing, though. That's awesome. I know Chuck Morris is about to kill on the draft, so let's hear about that. My dad. Was a savage at the draft. At the draft, first round, he picked me. Not because I'm the best. Because I was 10 years old at this time. Yeah, I, was, I, was the, I was the young one, but my, but my dad picked me. Went through the drafts, and there was another coach that had a son that was playing who was, I think, older. I think 12 years old. And got to be about the seventh round. And my dad noticed that he hadn't picked his own son yet. Oh my God! <laughs> got, got, yes. So got to, got to. This is still the draft. Got to my dad in like the seventh round and and 
picked that guy's son. Picked his son, and and the guy stood up, stood up, pissed, and he was like, "You can't do that." And my dad said, "The hell I can't." And then why can't I? Yeah, why can't I? So be a parent just to fucking do that kind of shit. Like, so, so, so he's got this this dude's, he's got this dude's son on his team right now, and then everything rolls over, and it gets to the draft portion. No, I'm sorry, the trade portion of this whole thing. He, my dad tells me that he leans on the table, he looks this guy in the eyes and says. What's your wife going to think when you go home and yeah. you don't have your, your kid on your own team? That's what I thought the minute he said that. <laughs> he, he said, what, what's, what's, he gonna th- what's she going to think? And my dad did not ask for much. For this kid, I would have been like, I want all of your third. I want all of your thirteen-year-olds yeah. right now. And this is how the uh, um, Golden State Warriors were formed. <laughs> but, but instead, instead, what my dad did was he picked a very, very highly rated ten-year-old. Because, because he knew that he was going to have. The, because the team lasts right. until yeah. until he's gone, and so he was gonna have that kid for three years, mm-hmm. and he's like that highly rated ten uh, year old. I'm gonna turn into the person that I want him to yeah. be. My dad built that team, and and the guy was like, huh, "Yeah, you could have him." I thought this was gonna be way worse. Like, oh yeah, fucking Chuck is stupid. He doesn't know what he's doing. The next year, because the 10-year-old, when I was 10, this kid was also 10, Dan Faulkner, and he, we went 50-50. We were like 500 team. Mm -hmm. The year after that, we were 22-0. and Because the the 12-year-olds moved on, and the 11-year-olds dominated that motherfucker. And we, and my dad built this perfect team by... Blackmailing this motherfucker by just playing the system, being a savage. He looked at the dude in the face and said, "What's your wife gonna say if you go home without your that son on us. the team?" Chuck fucking it up. Chuck fucking it up. That is it. Um. So when I was not alive yet, no, I might have been alive, but I was very young. My dad went to lunch. And left the car running in Hammond. He was just going to go in, grab some food, come back out. He grabs the food, comes back out. The car is going down the street. Just <laughs> gone. He's in. He's. No, I don't. I don't think so. But he loved. Everybody loves that shit. Everybody, that's a fucking best taco place. Little plug here. Taco El Taco Real. So he runs back in because there's no cell phones. And he's he calls the cops, and then he calls my mom. And says D, the car was just stolen. Uh, I went to lunch. No, no, he said the car was just stolen. Like, I, uh, can you come pick me up? Cause I've got to get back to work. My mom says, How did the car get stolen? My dad said, Well, I went to work, or I went to lunch, and I went in to grab the food, and I came back out, and it was gone. 
And my mom's response was, I packed your fucking lunch today. Why did you go to lunch? No, he, and then my dad's response was, I'm just sick of leftovers. Every day it's like, leftovers, leftovers, leftovers. I just wanted, I just wanted some lunch, D. I wanted a fresh hot meal. I didn't need leftover spaghetti today. No sketty for Chuck today. Well, after, uh, after everything, yeah, after everything kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, I had a 4th of July party and I didn't have a cooler the size that I wanted mm -hmm. so I saw my dad's work cooler lunch cooler in the garage present day Pre yeah this is this is yesterday and I and I was like okay well I'll just take that because I was only taking like 10 beers yeah. with me I didn't need a big ass cooler bunch of shit in this cooler I start digging through it taking things out Get to the very bottom bottom of it. My dad's got brass knuckles, <laughs> just at the bottom of the cooler. He worked he worked in East Chicago, but brass knuckles? What a fucking savage! Brass knuckles, just not a knife, not a not a pistol. Brass, brass knuckles. You're punching someone in the face multiple times. And I uh, I couldn't believe it. I I called dibs on them, and I I have them. Currently. That's awesome. Hey, give me all your money. Hold on, I keep my money in my lunchbox. And you start punching someone <laughs> punch, in the punch, face. Punch, 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 punch. <laughs> it's like, man, these brass knuckles are nothing. <laughs> that gun's nothing against my brass knuckles. Yeah, you're you're going you're gonna to be a hardcore motherfucker to be fighting a dude with brass knuckles. Like, that's not, that's not a simple thing right there. My dad got laid off years ago and went out and bought something that he didn't need but he wanted and my mom was very upset she was like chuck what the only argument i've ever seen my parents have for real wow. not even kidding you wow. my parents never fought that's awesome only open argument i've seen my parents have my mom is like chuck what the hell are you doing? Like, we, we've got this to pay for, this to pay for. And my dad's just like, I know, babe, but blah, blah. Uh, and it was just like, a, ah! When I went to bed, and I was just like, man, they're mad at each other. Woke up in the morning. Uh, went through the day. My dad got home from work. And he got my mom flowers because they argued so hard the, ni the night before. Mm -hmm. And my mom was pissed <laughs> you bought flowers how much were those flowers we're arguing because you spent money that we didn't have and, and, blah, he, spends more money. and he spent more money and my dad's like god damn it <laughs> this was supposed to fix this i thought you'd want flowers because i love you so much and my dad my dad uh was the best to my mom. Mm -hmm. I i had a golden teacher of how to treat women yeah and uh I mean, to to say that my mom was angry because my dad bought her flowers, that's that's the relationship yeah. that I want to have. Oh, when yeah, I'm that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, you want, I'm, I kind of want to take a break. I'm, I've been talking a lot. No, I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're perfectly fine. This is This is what we wanted to do with this one.
Yeah, um, this isn't going to be a funny one, guys. I'm so sorry. We'll take. I think there's a lot of humor in there. I think so. I, I think there's so. a lot of uh, a lot of things to take away from it, and a yeah. lot of strength to see that would help. It's going to help me because one day I'm going to go through the same shit. Oh, like, yeah. and it's I can't I can't allow myself to to pity myself when I know like a good friend of mine went through something the same way but he came out of it like you have well you know? my, my dad allowed me to come out of the like yeah come out of this like that and i do want to say um don't waste your time yeah. because when i heard two to three months i was thinking shit i'm gonna take a week off of work and just kind of hang out with my dad and uh do and now and it happened so quickly that the week that I got to take off of work, I ha- had a dad for a day. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the time I've just been spending with my mom. And it, uh, it's, it's rough. It's very rough. It's important. And um, I, I can only imagine the amount of courage it takes to, to talk about it to someone in a room, let, in, let alone in a room with a microphone. I think, I think it's very something that's you're very strong for doing it and it's also like to show people that like i feel like it's probably one of the best things we've ever done as far as doing this yeah so it's it's pretty crazy like to me like you know i want you to know that i thought that i was going to have a much more difficult time doing this today Mm -hmm. but i have had time to think about this and i had actually contacted jared and i told jared uh, I think the day after my dad passed, yeah, I, I, was, talked, yeah. I talked to Jared and I said, Hey, Jerry, um, no matter what, I still want to do a podcast this week. I'd really like to get, I'd really like to talk mm-hmm. and get this out. Whether you're enjoying it or not, I, I understand. I understand that this is kind of like, Oh, like, wow, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to hear about your dad's death, but I needed this so. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for still coming on with me. Oh, and 100% always and forever. No, letting me come on with you. I'm not. It's oh, not, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's us. It's us, baby. Yeah. Um, so we'll take a little break, and then we'll we'll probably come back with about 15 more minutes, and we'll, we'll be good to go for this week, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. I, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you. I'd like to, uh, I'd like to say that this, this podcast is dedicated to... Charles Edgar Morris, uh, October 23rd, 1962, to July 1st, 2017. Love you so much, Dad. You, I I think you did a good job. Shit, you got to ask everybody else. But can't I can't wait uh, to see you again. And you uh, you're the man. Everybody misses you. A, a tribute to Chuck right here. All right, we'll be back. Love you. Stop. All right, we're back. You're we're back from our break. We're, we're back. back from our break. We back. Here we are. I'm the guest, Tristan Mockler. What's up? There he is. There he is. We just I just cracked my first beer of the evening, obviously. So mm-hmm. <laughs> got a, de- so. De- a definite uh, shampoo effect happening with the drinking. I mean, you, oh, for sure. You know, because of Fourth uh, of July. Yeah, July fifth. Uh, Damn you, the fifth. I drink one or fifteen. Standard drinks yesterday. You guys have all taken that 
online alcohol class before, probably. Yeah. So uh, the shampoo effect is in full effect. Jared, what is the shampoo effect again? It's you drink a lot the night before, and you wake okay. up horribly hungover, and you have one beer, and that's and you are uh, um, automatically are drunk again. So I just I just learned why they call it shampooing though. And it's because, maybe you guys knew this mm-hmm. ar- but already, but it's because if you shampoo your hair, and it does, it, sometimes it doesn't get so sudsy because your hair is like greasy and just like really working hard to make your, your hair not greasy. But then, the sec- then sometimes you're like, well, that wasn't a good enough wash. So then the second time you wash your hair, it just like blows up with suds, right. just like way, way shampooy. And it's like, so like the first time you get drunk is like the not so sudsy, but then you wor- wake up in the morning and you suds in, bro. You suds in. Your hair is on fleek. I don't know what that means, but I've heard it around. So I think it's a good thing. Tristan's hair is always on fleek, it's actually. Definitely on I wish, I wish that you guys could see It looks see like Tristan's It looks hair. like a senator's hair. Rob It looks like the hair of a senator. It's really bad. It's... Uh, uh, Your favorite crooked senator, Rob Blagojevich. That's what I look like, <laughs> everybody. I showed. I actually show people the bar that I said. They're like, "That's you." I was like, "Damn it!" But don't you guys usually usually Instagram live when we get that going or what? Yeah, but, but we yeah, didn't do it was it on kind of a one. sentimental one, and also my phone was kind of dead, so I was like, yeah. I was gonna be too nervous. I was gonna I was gonna be too nervous to say things in front of uh, uh you know. Three, I I was nervous enough with three people, let alone, um, let alone six. <laughs> and now we we have we do have a segment that we always do on the second part of the podcast, and it's uh, the reasons of the week to drink. Oh, the, I like that. The, the reasons, reasons of, of the, the week, week to drink. drink. And, uh, That's my favorite segment because I only need a reason to drink, and also most of the times I've caught you guys live, which has been all the only other times has been Instagram live, and me and my girlfriend are usually in bed and we crack up. It's a good time. Matt usually comes into the camera really weird and really close, and it's really cool. And uh, I feel like I've been in this room even though I haven't, so I don't want to take the mic for too long, but. Um, I've watched a lot of the second half of your podcast live on Instagram, so that's what all I was saying. And it's weird that you have this satchel of beans holding this uh, mm-hmm. selfie mm-hmm. stick up. I will say that that's like a, yeah, fall, that's that's our a satchel of beans. solid invention it's our satchel that you guys of beans. did here. I Even noticed that earlier. It's a selfie <laughs> stick that's only held up with a satchel of beans, dried beans. It, he's literally not telling anything different than how it is. And Jared, I uh, I've been talking a lot. Obviously, this this segment or this uh, as you should, yeah, as and, you uh, should. I, I'm I'm grateful that you allowed me to do so. I'm grateful it's a, it's that you you could open you would open up like that to everyone. It, like it's that. a it's a weight off of my chest. I thought that I was definitely going to get um, emotional, but I I I didn't. But not because I don't, not because I'm um numb to the numb to it right i i'm not emotional because i've had almost a week mm-hmm. and i've talked about it a lot and it's a man that i truly admire and still admire not admired there's no past tense in this i still 
admire him, which is going to keep him alive. Which, which I want, I want you to, uh, Jared. Could you, could you tell us the reason of the week to drink? The reason of the week to drink this week and every week from here on out is Chuck Morris. So put your uh, beers in the sky. We're all putting them in the sky right put now. Put your beers in the sky. We got a beautiful Let's fucking have a cheers. Uh, different mixture from Revolution. I see one anti-hero, one tropic hero, and a crystal And before hero. you take a sip, you just say for Chuck. For Chuck. For Chuck. Right. And that, I think that ended up being more than a sip, but it was worth it. And that is, that is your reason of the week to drink right there, ladies my and dad, gentlemen. My dad wasn't even a drinker. He wasn't a smoker. He wasn't a drinker. He wasn't a gambler. He wasn't this. He he cared about my mom. He cared about his family, and he didn't he didn't do any of these extra curriculars. So when I came over and I had like a six pack every every uh, holiday, I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna drink these because I know I know you don't have beer here. Yeah. And he and he didn't give a shit. And since his passing, I I loaded up a. Honestly, I wanted to celebrate my dad the way that I wanted to celebrate my dad's life. Right. And that was by loading up a cooler full of beer, wearing his clothes and his hat, and drinking beer on his deck, yeah. which he built by himself. Yes. He, my, dad, my dad knew how to do things without, without the experience. He was just like, yeah, I'm going to build this deck. And he built this big-ass deck by himself because he didn't want to pay somebody to do it. And I sat out on his deck drinking beer for two days straight. Just uh, No, not not straight, but like yeah. I'd get up and I'd, I'd make sure my mom was okay, eat with her, do do everything. And then when it got past noon, I, uh, I, I sat out there and I just... I was looking out the backyard. I got to cut my dad's grass for the first time. Nice. And and uh, during during the grass cutting, I heard somebody uh, whisper to me. Not even whisper. It was more like a. It was loud, so it was kind of a yell. And it was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "Dad." <laughs> no, it was it was the neighbor. It was the neighbor, and he was like. Raise the blade! <laughs> You're gonna burn the grass, <laughs> and I, that's when I knew I failed my dad. My dad. No, no, it, I have no idea what the inch setting was. It was uh, apparently too low though, because once because big, big, big yard, I'm guessing. Oh yeah, almost two acres. Okay. Yeah. Probably five. I landscaped for a while, so I don't want to show off, but. Five or so well, Chuck, Chuck was probably really into like <laughs> meticulous of grass cutting. Maybe the neighbor knew that. He, my dad did. He, it was his two hours, uh, and I don't know how he did it in two hours because I cut his grass yesterday, and even though he's gone, it's still his grass. He, he managed. He had a good thing. run. Like he knew his runs to take. Probably like after oh, yeah. years of doing it, he's like, I know if I go up here and back here and do this. Like he probably had that shit down to a goddamn science. It's a riding mower, not like one of those zero turns, but a riding mower. Yeah, it was a riding John Deere, and he and uh, I, I hopped on it, and it took all of two hours, and I did it at like nine o'clock in the morning, and it took everything in me to not. No, no, uh, yesterday, it took everything in me 
to not be drinking beer while doing this because I know that my I know that my mom would have judged me if I had a beer in my hand at 9 a.m. while I was cutting the grass. Oh, Chuck Morris, that one's for you, baby. That one's for you, Chuck. Jared's cracking them in here. It's going well. Um, Matt is literally the best uh, mower I've ever met. So come over and mow my Great yard mower. anytime. Great mower. Uh, I I landscaped for a couple of summers. And it, that is fucking hard work, man. Can I say that word on this station? <laughs> you can do whatever you want. These two are soon to be on a station, so I, I know I, I can't cuss. These guys are the best. No, you can cuss. You can say whatever you want. That's the that's the best part about this is... Fuck, damn, hell, we, poop. We can say whatever we want. Ranch cunt. <laughs> Whoa. No one gets to know that story. <laughs> oh, we're, we'll talk about it on a later date. <laughs> a later date, but, but it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> you outed yourself. You outed yourself. Uh, How sorry, dare you? Sorry, you didn't hear the we story. We don't name names here. It was, it was past we don't name years. names here on the podcast. <laughs> That's why you guys are half the reason they're the greatest. The two best dudes in town, and you're here talking, just uh, talking about life. Usually you guys are super funny. We had a super sentimental night, and it was uh, fucking very, very just, like, um, enlightening. Like, if you have family members, which you do out there, it was just um, great. So. I, I loved it. Like as Oh, we all did. I didn't love it. Obviously, it's it's a hard thing to talk about, but oh, I... Matt killed it. I think you... I've got to, I've got to say that um, I loved it. Because it it was very therapeutic. I I uh, I'm very very grateful for Jared Moxley, um, allowing me to come on to this podcast, because this was this ultimately was his idea, and he was looking for somebody. Hey, who can I run a show with every week and not think that I want to fucking kill myself? I'm gonna ask Matt and see how it goes. I'll give him two weeks. I I, I wanted I I wanted to find someone that was better that I felt like that was better than me. I was like, who's you, gonna well, make you, me a better person? Because if you surround yourself with uh, people, keep, keep looking, Jared. That, because no, there, if there you surround yourself nobody. with people that are a little bit better than you, you actually become a better person. Because uh, I I get rageful easily, and I'll I'll be a brat really quickly. Like if shit doesn't go my way, I just it doesn't take but two seconds for me to just like go off and it's but for the most part I'm even keeled but and I'm but I'm also very close off to people I don't know so when I have people in my life such as yourself and you Tristan are part of that as well um it's it makes me a better person makes me realize well no 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 wait how should I act in this situation like in this moment maybe I should get a little bit out there maybe I should try to make this person's day a little better even if I'm just like getting gas or maybe I'm just ordering a hamburger at a place, like maybe I'm going to try to make this person's life a little better because that's what I experience when I hang out with like you or even, or even you like it's, that's, and I, and I, I, I understand, I understand because that's actually how I live my life. And, um, I, when somebody goes to ring up my like coffee in the morning, I'm not just like thank like thank you like throw them cash and I leave. Right. I before I even like let them ring it in, I I look at them and I'm just like, how's today going? Mm-hmm. Let me let me know about this. And 
we we go get lumber. My my boss is all business, nothing but business. He just wants to do business and like get work done. And we'll go to the lumber counter in in like a really man setting, you know, like we're right. going, we're yeah. at the lumber counter, and he's just like, I need twelve, bu-, and I stop him. Whoa, 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 whoa. How's it going today? Mm-hmm. How how are you doing? Well, I'm good. What do you guys need? No, no, no. We're not there yet. We're good. Um, we're just we're just kind of hanging out today, doing some work. Uh, you have anything? You 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 have anything that you want to talk to us about? Oh no. What do you guys need? I'm just like okay. Well, fuck me then, because I tried my hardest. Right, and that would and that. That was to me like, and I lived in a couple places. Like I don't live in my hometown anymore. I've, I've moved around a couple places, and was always took a while. Like it took a while to like get friends around. And I've lived here for a good portion, probably more than any of the others. But the first time I ever met you was when you just came in, and I was like, I think I'm cool with this dude. Like instantly. Like well, I, it was it was pretty easy because I was with two very attractive girls. That also girls. helped. But then <laughs> yeah. I realized I was like, this is the first time I ever like hit on a table that, and I didn't worry about the girls afterwards. <laughs> so I was like, I'm kind of more focused on this dude. Like I think I might, I think I might have a friend here. This dude, this dude, a pimp right here, and I don't even think it, I was pimping really. It, no, it didn't even matter. It, I was with my girlfriend and uh, her best friend. Yeah, very very attractive Jackie, ladies. Yeah. But it turns out I was. I was more I was more into uh the dude. I was like, man, maybe we could hang out. Like maybe we could hang out and then we just started drinking and then it, from then on out I was just like, I don't know why but I'm like I can joke around with this person. Like hey, it takes me like 2 weeks maybe, maybe a week if you're cool. Uh, it took us, I worked with Jared and uh he was always like a very calm, nice guy, but it took us like a few weeks do you like like this guy hates me jesus he's just like the first interaction we ever had i don't know if you remember this but there was a different manager a front of the house manager and she introduced me to jared and she goes how's jerry and i was like oh jerry's your name i was like really confused for a second he's like no it's jared like, damn it, I just fucked up really hard. And it's fine, but it takes, you know, it takes a minute, especially oh, t- in a setting yeah. like that, because it's a forceful setting. Like, it's oh, different. Yeah, like, yeah. This it's was like, more of, like, a, a volunteered setting. Yeah. And, and the, ne- the next day, you hang- you hung out with those said girls. Mm-hmm. Wait, it was it was almost, like, two or three years ago to this It was, because it was the day. July 4th. It was July 4th that, that yep. uh, we... Yeah, it's I think been it was about like three, three years. Or four years. Three years, yeah. I think so. And um, I, because I was going to Redbud, I was going to Redbud this weekend, and the girls were still going to be at the house, mm-hmm. and um, you guys had everybody had had exchanged numbers, and you were like, yeah, just come with us to the uh, the party that we're going to, and I'm not a jealous guy. I am just not. I right. I want my girlfriend to have fun. I don't care if it's with a dude, six dudes, two dudes, and four girls. I don't give a shit. Just have fun. And four dudes. That's fine. I don't give a shit either. But but knowing that the two dudes was Jared and Nick, that uh, they went to hang out with the next day after they that uh, 
they told me about their day. They're like, oh, yeah, we did this, this, and this with, with Jared and Nick. I texted both of them, and, and I was like, thanks for taking care of my girlfriend. Thanks for showing them a good time. I'm I'm not I'm not a crazy person. Like I I know. Nick, you're probably listening. Are we sure that we should have been okay with that? Well, I I actually was more concerned. I was like, where's she's pregnant? I was like, where's Matt? At? I was like, where's Matt at? Like the whole time, just like, where's where's Matt? Like, and I was gone. I like you guys are cool. I, this is fun, but. I thought I thought you promised me Matt. Yeah, but I I was under the assumption that Matt might be here. <laughs> it's just a good time. It's because no. it's fun. I I have this book that I'm reading, and it's the uh, the Tao of Bill Murray, and it's a book that this guy wrote about all his stories, like those weird stories about where he goes and just uh, bartends, and just no matter what you order, he gives you a shot of tequila, or like when he like takes a bite out of your, yep, awesome. he takes a bite out of your hamburger. And then he looks at you and goes, he always says, like, no one's ever going to believe you. And so I've been reading this book, and I've been trying to uh, think about, like, how I want to live my life. And my my little, like, short, rageful moments that I'm not proud of, I'm like, ah, I got to get over those. But it seems like that dude, because he was famous for a while, and he's very famous now. Oh, yeah. But... But he like he didn't want to go into the Hollywood, yeah, and he didn't want to go into the Hollywood bullshit, and he wanted, he obviously wanted to be famous or he wouldn't have done what he did. But the way he dealt with it and the way he deals with life, it's it's similar to that. Like it's just I want to make sure that everyone has a good time. I want to make sure that that I'm gonna be there and that once I'm there, that it's just then the party's happening like it's an explosion. But he wants to be a part of it, but he also wants everyone else to be a part of it. Jared, you and I, you and I have talked about this, about that le- level mm-hmm. of um, fa- fam- famousness, mm-hmm. fame, that level of fame. I guess I could just stop at fame. We, um, we I think, would do the same shit because we would yeah. still be real people. I'm never going to be famous, and I'd, I'm pretty chill with that now, but... If I was famous, my PR person would call me every fucking morning, and she would say, and it, because it would, it would be a girl, I know it would, and she would say, "What did you do? Yeah. Why, Why did, did you, you do, do this? We've got video." TM, like, did Jared put you up to that? TM, TMZ, TMZ showed me this video of you doing blah blah blah, and I'm just like, ha. <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm o- I'm only gonna be famous for like two weeks. And Matt's, Matt's pretty mild. Matt's pretty mild on it because he's just such a good dude. But like, we all we all have like at least two beers a week, I'd say. So it's you know. I just <laughs> I'm not very mild. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a V-neck right now. I'm feeling pretty crazy. You look good. It's not that I want to be. He looks very sexy. You know, I will give I wouldn't. Him that. Very of course, everyone wants to be a little bit famous or famous enough. I would, I would uh, like to be. That's uh, that Mexican food, Matt. <laughs> I'd like to be famous <laughs> enough to where, like, like you were saying, like, I walk up into a, a hotel or a house and I wash dishes and people count that as a story. <laughs> like I want to, I want to. You want to be that famous? I don't know. I want to show up to places doing mundane know, things though. and fucking with people, and. 
they're just like, holy shit, what are you doing here? It's like that whole classic, like that that movie, Coffee and Cigarettes. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's like uh, there's Bill Murray walks out and it's Jizz and Rizza from Wu Tang Clan. They're sitting in a diner and Bill Murray is filling their coffee. They're like, "What are you doing here, Bill Murray? Like, what are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, dude, I'm just trying to lay low, like refill people's coffee." And he's just, but that whole thing. And that's his, but that's that guy's life now. Now, as he does mundane, weird things to people, and it becomes this life-changing story. And he'll just show up and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna take a picture with you," or "Oh, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna sneak up behind you and put my hands over your eyes and say, guess who?" And then once you see that it's him, he just goes, "No one's gonna believe you," and just fucks off. And doesn't doesn't. You know, he's not in there going, hey, I'm Bill Murray, here I am. He just does this we- these weird, cool things that are ve- would be mundane, I w- but they're I would be- exciting because it's him. I'd be different as a famous person, though, because I like to get involved with people's lives. So, <laughs> so, so instead of just like... How dare you? How dare you, sir? So instead, instead of cover, instead of... Instead of covering the eyes and then and then uh, and then like leaving, instead of covering the eyes and then leaving, instead of covering the eyes and then leaving, what I would do is I'd cover the eyes and they'd turn around and be like, "Whoa, it's Matt Morris!" And, I, and then I'd be like, "Hey, let me buy let me buy you guys coffee. Let's sit down." Then we'd sit down. We'd start talking about each other's uh, strife. We'd start talking about strife and struggle and. And uh, love and everything, because I want to know everything about these people. And you'd be like, you want to come on the podcast? I got yeah. a podcast called Weird Time Because that's the reason Recorded. I'm famous. Jared's out there. He's uh, not really getting into anything with anyone. He's just smoking a cigarette. He, lo- he really looks upset, but he's not upset. He's very, very high. He's not upset. Turns out there's he got There's 30 really people high. in this room now. Um, I know there's no live Instagram feed tonight, but there's 30 people in here. The crowd's going wild, and it's great. I, my first night on, I feel like every time I talk, um, I'm taken away from Matt or Jared, two of the best gifts of gabs ever. Right, here we go. We're we're working on having a third microphone. Yeah, so we got we a third microphone. We're just I gotta fi- figure out the technical issues of it. So. I just stole this for the first time of the show. But <laughs> I would like to be on the third microphone sometimes. All right. <laughs> How do you feel about it? Good? You feel good? Feel great. If I can, if I can in, uh, feel good about ending it right now? Yeah, do you feel good about the podcast in general? Yeah, I think awesome. I think uh I I hope that everybody um I mean, I I know not everybody's going to care about it, but I hope that I can relay my pain and um Pain, pain through comedy, pain through life, yes. pain through everything, and yeah. I just and I want, and I don't want everybody to feel that pain. And honestly, I hope that you don't feel that pain. But I do, but I do want to say that I've had a very, very bad mix-up in my head with um, losing somebody suddenly, like in a car accident and dying, not being able to say goodbye, or getting able to say goodbye to your dad who has cancer 1,000 times. So what's better? Nobody knows, but I I do have to say that if you 
if you get that opportunity, you you are you are lucky. You're lucky to have that opportunity right. because I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity, and I didn't feel like it was it was like a I didn't feel like it was a blessing to me until right now, and it and it is one hundred percent. Um, I hope that you guys get to realize that, but yeah. I also hope that you never realize that. So it's a weird, weird scramble. Well, there's, I don't think there's a. Uh, um, this guy, I can't even imagine my dad dying. He's my best friend. This guy right here described him so well, and he just fucking he tore it up. It just uh, Matt's brought us all to laughter and tears tonight. Uh, I love it. I, I'm just so proud to be a part of this show this night. And I, they're going to be like, you can never come on this show again. And I'm be like, I got a lot of weird sexual stories. but <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. I, I, think, I think you're right. And I don't think there's a, there's a good way to come out of it. But sometimes maybe there's a, a better way, if that makes sense. Like, Absolutely. Not necessarily a good way, but a better way. And maybe that... Um, I don't really want to be in the mic right now, but I will. Like, I just, the only person that, what you were talking about earlier, you said on the air, um, seeing somebody actually die. My grandpa, when I was 13, I was in there, and I was, uh, I actually had to rub ice to his lips for, like, a full week because he got so dry. It was a weird situation. It's my dad's dad, and they were best friends, and he was, like, my favorite human alive at the time. So that's all I've had to encounter uh, I can't imagine what you go through this week. Uh, I'm best friends with both my parents, but you've done it in such a tasteful, great way. Yes, and, uh, yes you have. You've made us all maybe drop a tear, but also like laugh. And uh, your dad was obviously a badass, and he raised you, so he's obviously more of a badass. So I just want to say from everybody in Valpo that I know, we love you, Matt Morris. Yeah, and it's it's been inspiring. And it's made me, I think, a stronger person just from being in proximity to it. So if anything was to come out of it, I would say, like, you not only dealt with it like a gentleman and a strong motherfucker, but also helped people along the way. And I think that's pretty amazing. So. Can, I share, can I share one more story, story Fuck yeah, about you my can. dad? Fuck yeah, you can. Um, Fuck yeah, let's, I think that's, that, that would be a good way to do it. My dad loved sports. Mm-hmm. More importantly, my dad loved baseball. My dad had a, a, an addiction to baseball. He, uh, when, he was in, when he wasn't working because he was ill, it didn't matter who the fuck was playing. He'd watch Rockies versus the Angels, and, he would, and, and he'd just watch the game because he loved watching good, base, good baseball. I'm sorry. So, he loved it so much that throughout my uh, childhood, I played baseball for 18 years. I was lucky enough to play baseball until I was almost when I was 20. So I got I started playing when I was young as shit, and uh, my dad, as embarrassing as it was at the time, used to get kicked out of. So many baseball games nice. because he would talk shit to the umpires. He'd be like, "Yo, umpire, that 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 call sucked, dick." And they and then they'd just be like, "Okay, get this guy out of here, bye." Pew. 
my dad tried to fight the other the other team's coach because he was a dick and he was and he was a dick and he was a dick but my dad wasn't going to stand up for it so he went over there and he leaned into the dugout and was like get the fuck out here i'll i'll fucking fight you like my dad cared about high school sports apparently and uh get out of here and uh so he was so good at getting kicked out of sports he was so good at getting kicked out of baseball games that one time he got me kicked out of a baseball game i was not having a good week and i struck out uh for the second time that game and my dad from the audience yelled why'd you even bring a bat to the game morris you can't hit anything (laughs) so i took my bat and I threw it over the 15-foot fence. Jesus. I threw it over, and the umpire was like, oh, that's not safe. He got in my face, and he gave me the finger mm-hmm. to get the You're fuck done. out of here. Yeah. Bye. So I got the hell out of there. But since I was 15, guess who drove me home? It was my dad, mm-hmm. and we had a very quiet ride home. Yeah. Very quiet ride home, and... My dad was kicked out of so many high school baseball games that it's almost embarrassing, but I want I want him to know that he holds the record, and that's a great record yes, to hold. Yes, it is. Good record. So, um, in, leaving, in leaving this podcast, I'd like to go into something by myself, if you, don't, if you guys don't mind. Go ahead. Um, I'm not going to do it very well, but I want to... Yeah, I just didn't realize that they were on air and I was talking to the phone. So sorry, Matt and Jared are doing awesome. Let Matt talk. <laughs> no, yeah, it's okay. No, you're good. Um, I wanted to do one thing, and I'd like to end with it end. if you Go if ahead. you if you don't mind. Go ahead. Um, and I'm not gonna do it well, even though I've re- been rehearsing it for um little less than a week now, but um. This 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 plays a very very large part into my dad's life. <clears throat> Morris steps back in the box, two and two count. Here comes Jennings with the wind up and the pitch, and Morris swings and it's over the right fielder's head. It's over the right fielder's head, and Morris is going two. Morris is going two. It hits the cutoff and it misses the cutoff, and he's going three. There's a bobble, and Morris is going home, and Morris plows the catcher over, and he hits him, and he's home. Morris is home. Morris is home, and he's safe. Chuck Morris is home, and he's safe. But not before he gets kicked out of one last game because he lowered his shoulder to the catcher and plowed him over. One last game kicked out and home and safe. Chuck Morris, I love you, Dad.